Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome regular guests to Viewpoints, the podcast and the radio program, Andrew Delgleish, President of the Victorian Principals Association. Welcome again to Viewpoints at the start of the 2024 year, Andrew. Thank you so much, Henry, and it's always a pleasure to uh, to chat with you on Viewpoints. Uh, and again, it's a, it's an exciting start to the school year. Again, we, we talk about the joy of, of laughter in the playgrounds mm. and, a, and a hum of activity in classrooms and in our staff rooms as well. And, you know, starting to hear feedback from colleagues that that's, uh, that's where they're at. Mm, oh, yes. Look, the start of the year is always, I think, by that time, despite all the challenges we've got, you know, um, we look forward to it and, and the kids lift us. Now, I do want to ask you a question um, that we spoke about before we came on air, and I sort of know half the answer, but I will put you on notice. Andrew, did you take your advice that you give to us all freely prior to Christmas, and that is take some time out, smell the roses and refresh oneself? Did you do that? I'd like to actually say, Henry, this year I feel like I did. Um, you know, I uh, switched off. I had some family time. You know, nothing like seeing the the world through the eyes of a young child and, and spending time with grandchildren, um, you know, again. But but part of that, again, as, as schools start to, to move back into thinking mode and, and principals certainly were doing that during uh, the holiday period, um, having conversations with principals around their staffing challenges and, and the strategies that they were trying. So, yes, I did have a break, but uh, certainly uh, ramped back up once uh, principals were coming online again. Hmm. Now, we'll, we'll get into what the VPA are planning this year. I know the, uh, the conference, it's a few months away yet, and we've got a lot of work to do before we get to that and focus on other things. But the 22nd, 23rd of August at Crown, we're having the, you're having the VPA 2024 conference. Now, um, any ideas on what you, you feel might be the theme, themes, directions of that uh, conference for this year? So, look, Henry, we've, we're coming back into our, our third conference after uh, COVID. Uh, and, you know, as a follow-on, the first conference was was around principal well-being and, and balance and those sorts of things. Last year, we started to step more into the future and AI and, and mm. thinking uh, leadership into the future as well. This year, our, our plan is to to start to look more again at, at that schools being at the centre of the community, that importance of relationships with our, our, our families, our communities, our staff and our children, and of course, with each other. So we're, uh, we're looking at a range of speakers. Uh, we've started those discussions and negotiations already uh, and and we'll be excited to be able to uh, to share with members um, hopefully in the next few weeks uh, a list of uh, speakers and uh, keynotes that will be occurring throughout that conference mm, look it's an interesting uh, focus because COVID certainly I think uh, if it didn't damage it certainly diluted that sense of connection even though we were more connected remotely with families. Uh, schools are places where you know families congregate. You have family get-togethers, all sorts of things, and a lot of that disappeared for a few years. And I, I think, from my experience, Andrew, we're still suffering from not having reconnected to pre-COVID days. Look, there, there's there's generally some some evidence there, Henry, that that's the case. Um, we know that, that that there are some families that are quite anxious. We know that there are some children that are quite anxious are returning to schools, but we also understand that there is a significant trust that's placed upon each and every school, each and every teacher when when families hand their children over. Um, they expect us to provide the best, and we endeavour to do that. 
But fundamental to that is making sure that we've got a really powerful relationship with those families that they can feel that they can come and talk with us, that we can respond, that we can listen uh, and provide a high-quality education. Now, I don't believe we've, we've lost the art of that, but again, it's how do we continue to lean in and then lean out into our communities that, that this is a place that's central to the community and, and that trust is there both ways. Now, again, we, we know that children have a, a, an inherent feel and if they feel that their families are supportive of their schools and vice versa, then that engagement with their teacher it becomes far more positive and productive. Mm. Now, an area that um, over recent years I've often been concerned about is the mental health and well-being of staff, but, but students. And uh, we've all done it pretty tough. And I, I think a lot of people would have commented on the fact that perhaps uh, the resources are not there and, in fact, the model uh, is almost broken. But the department's doing, and we have to be fair here, they're doing some pretty good things in terms of providing resources and support to schools in, in that area, which all the evidence suggests um, there's a lot more need with, with, with the children. Look, there is, and, and you're absolutely correct, Henry. You know, the department has responded through the, the Mental Health in Primary Schools initiative mm part of that to to assist in training up educators to to build capacity within schools and relationships with families but also the mental health menu um, where the department went out and and went to to industry went to suppliers uh, around a whole range of strategies that may be able to be employed now the intent of that followed with with funding support is to assist schools in accessing and providing a greater range of, of uh, activities, tools, resources to best support the children at the local level. Um, and, and I know, again, through feedback from a number of schools that they're, they're finding it is providing that additional support. Are we all the way there yet? I'd suggest no, because we know that there is a lot of work to be done, not just in schools, but in our broader community around that, that mental health right across the board. Mm. Now, you meet with the senior department people on a regular basis as uh, the representative of the Victorian Principals Association. Um, they're often the meat in the sandwich, I feel. I mean, we can all be frustrated and critical with the department, you know, the department, the department, but they're people too, Andrew, and uh, we need those people to be, you know, in the right frame of mind and having the right support and, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, how are they travelling from your perspective on as president of the VPA? Because we often, we're often rather more critical of them than supportive of them. Look, and, and then that certainly uh, can be that sense at times, Henry. You know, we, we know that the people who are working in the department and in schools, we're all part of the same system. Mm. There are good people wanting to get fantastic outcomes for our young people, but again, different levels of pressure in implementation of government policy, getting that through to schools and so on. Uh, certainly, I'm, I'm very privileged to be able to work with those senior executives within the department around um, consultation, around feedback, around probably providing a principal perspective in, in shaping those priorities. Uh, and, and my language probably over the last 12 months has started to lend more into, let's talk about co-design mm. and, and talk more about co-design with, with the profession, with teachers, with with uh, the policymakers in government, because we, we are facing some challenges that we're all aware of around staff shortages and, and, and mental health. But surely that, that deeper engagement at the development of policy uh, stage where you've got that input from all parties in a genuine co-design uh, process is about getting those better outcomes for all.
Mm. And and the indications are that uh, they're listening to you. I think so. I, I mean, I'd like to think that the that the voice of the profession is is being listened to. Um, you know, we we always are very very happy to put our perspective forward. We're also very happy to listen around government pil- priorities. But uh, one of the things I suppose is is wishing to be engaged early in the process, so that we can have that that genuine to and fro. And and from my perspective, I can go back and seek input from my members, from my board, and my council, who are who are experienced educators, who are all passionate about education, and and again putting their hands up for those positions. They genuinely want to have input in ensuring that the uh, Victorian education system is highly successful. Mm. Now. Um the last few years, it, it's no surprise it's been tough times and staffing, workload, resourcing, mental health, goodness knows what, everybody's been under the pump and there's been doom and gloom around and people get depressed. Um, what are the things we can look forward to with hope and optimism, Andrew? We've got to be positive. Look, we, we certainly do, Henry, and, and I think that's the overriding approach of every educator that I know, every principal, assistant principal, leading teacher, learning specialist teacher, whether it's uh, a graduate teacher just entering the profession or an experienced uh, educator. Sometimes it gets tough. You're, you're absolutely right. But I think certainly from from the perspective of the VPA is, is continuing to, to focus on what we can continue to do to support our members how we can continue to provide feedback to the department to help shape policy and processes. Um, and, and again, from our perspective, support the growth and development of school leaders, uh, support them in their mental health and wellbeing. Um, and, and again, encouraging and, and, and advising the community that our schools are great places. You know, quite often we hear a lot of the negatives in schools, mm. but the reality is in every classroom every day there are outstanding things occurring. Now, we want to be able to share more of those wonderful stories and, and uplift what we know is occurring in our schools. Mm, that's a good point. Are you noticing any change uh, at all in your dealings with the media in terms of um, either being sensationalist on the one hand uh, and trying to score easy points at our expense versus empathy for our cause? Look, it's, it's a really interesting question, Henry. Um, quite often, though, uh, as, as you know, the media reaches out more if there are some, uh, some stories that, that may create a little bit of sensation, if there are some critical issues within schools, um, if there's policies where, you know, it's, it's not quite settling. Um, you know, again, when working with the media, it, it's, I see it as that opportunity to share what's occurring, but also, again, wherever possible pr- to promote the great work that's occurring in our schools. Mm. Now, we were talking off air about some of the challenges that, that we see as educators. You mentioned one that's very interesting. We focus a lot in the last couple of years, and quite rightly, on the fact that there's an incredible shortage of teachers uh, systemically and also people not wanting leadership. But the other side of that, Andrew, is that it's a watershed moment and there's a lot of new people coming in too, and there's uh, a, a, a lot to be learnt by many. And uh, how we support them, how do we get them up to speed? 
look, you're right, Henry. It, it's an exciting time for those uh, young people who are coming into education. However, certainly through discussions with educators, through the media, many of them are very, very aware of the challenges that they face, whether it be engaging with children, whether it be mental health issues and so on. You know, one of the things that, that I, I can say I've been incredibly fortunate on is, is being supported by teachers and principals before me in my work. And, and again, the VPA, one of the things that we do is we support our leaders, we provide professional learning. Uh, the department certainly through um, initiatives such as the Career Start Program are trying to put in structures to further support those young teachers coming in and, and provide um, more advice, more direction around class management, time to plan high quality lessons, to assess, to understand where their children are at. You know, that's that's that real challenge that sits there. You know, we, we know that external to schools, there's work going on in the higher education section or a sector around teacher training. Um, and, and how we can uh, better prepare our young people for, uh, for entering schools and beginning that work. You know, you know yourself, mm. when you employ a graduate teacher, the work starts because part of your work is helping them engage in a school to understand what working in your school is like, engaging with parents, engaging with the community. Now, much of that they don't learn through their teacher training. Um, you know, they learn so much on the job once they come in, but we also know how exhausted they are at the end of a day, at the end of their first week, their first term, their first year. And, and you know, we need to be able to support them and encourage them to remain within what is a great profession. Mm. Now, you deal with uh, the Federal Minister, uh, Jason Clare, who's certainly made a lot of promising noises. Uh, of course, at the same time, uh, people have been uh, perhaps a little impatient with movement, but we hear in the last week or so that uh, Jason Clare's made some very promising uh, uh, decisions in relation to f funding for public schools. Well, yes, we, we saw, I think it was yesterday, that uh, there was a, a sign-off between the, the federal government and, and Western Australia about guaranteeing 100% of the, the student resourcing mm. commencing next year with the... Uh, the, the, the students who require that assistant most and then all schools by 2026. Um, we are going to have a significant year this year as negotiations between federal and state governments around the new national school resourcing standard mm. or the bilateral agreements. Now, the current agreement is 20% federal, 80% state. Um, I think as I've said before in Victoria, under the current agreement, we will never set to get to 100% of that SRS, which was developed by uh, David Gonski um, and, and the federal government 10, 11, 12 years ago now. Um, you know, we, we're certainly um, encouraged by what we're hearing. Um, but we also heard today that a number of our states are, I'll say, holding firm that, you know, that extra 2.5% that seems to have been offered uh, to Western Australia, they're seeking to have a, an extra 5% coming from federal government. You know, from, from my perspective, um, I, I say I don't care who provides it and ensure we get to 100%. I'd like to see that 100% at the start of the next agreement because, you know, it, it's, it's 12 years since that work was undertaken, 12 years. And in a country like Australia, you know, we, we really shouldn't be having these arguments around 100% funding for, uh, for our, our government school students. Yeah, it's a good point. And I talk to some people in the non-government sector and uh, 
Um, while they don't want to lose any of their money, they certainly agree with the fact that public schools should be getting 100%. So it's a pretty pretty strong uh, issue. Now, one that's going to be around, it's, and it's going to affect schools in many ways, and you mentioned it earlier and you focused on it at the conference last year, but it's not going to go away, and that is uh, the emerging impact and influence of AI on all aspects of schooling. Look, it's, it's one of those areas again, Henry, you know, mm. schools tend to be at the forefront of, of any development in, inf- in information technology. You know, we, we've seen that for a long time now, you know, and, and again, COVID, that was amplified through the use of IET to be able to engage with children daily in their lessons. So artificial intelligence, it will absolutely be uh, front and centre in our schools. Now, I know the department's been working on guidelines for schools around appropriate use of AI and, and how to support staff in that, how to communicate that to families. Uh, again, we're going to have to be watching, learning, leading um, in, in this area uh, as we understand more about that development and the impact that it's going to have, not just on, on educators as work, but as on our young children as they start to use these tools. Mm. Yeah, it's a very interesting one because it, uh, it covers so much and um, it's not as regulated as we'd like it to be and uh, I guess uh, are we going to have to be at the forefront of leading those discussions uh, because we've got to talk about the safety of children. Oh, absolutely, Henry, and, and I think you know, we'll, we'll certainly be part of those conversations uh, in education broadly. Uh, because of the fact that it, it's how we educate our young children or our young people in the appropriate use of uh, of IT. You know, we've seen it through social media and so on. Schools have been the forefront in working with young children about appropriate use. It, it, it's been a part of, of our, our makeup um, as as education systems. And, uh, and, and again, it's about safety, but it's also about understanding authentic use of information uh, and not just using it to, I'll say, short-circuit learning, but to actually enhance learning is what we're about. Mm. Time's on the wing, Andrew. What's your message to to the educators out there and, and, and the parents uh, of kids going to schools, and in particular public schools, a message for 2024? Look, I think the message for, for this year continues on. You know, we, we have an outstanding education system. We're all striving to make that uh, better because we want great outcomes for our children. But it's also the importance of a really strong partnership between families and our schools cannot be uh, cannot be, be taken lightly. You know, it, it's something we have to work on, um, and it's it's that support of each other. You know, wanting to see parents and families supporting our schools, and and likewise our schools supporting our parents and families, because again, that will get better outcomes for everybody. Couldn't have put it better. Andrew, as always, uh, thank you for your time. I know you've got plenty on your plate and it's uh, it's a big year ahead and I think it'll be a, a better year than the ones we've had recently. And thank you and congratulations for the great work you do on behalf of public education via your role as the president of the uh, Victorian Principals Association. Thank you so much, Henry, and uh, I certainly wish you all the best for the uh, for the year as well. Absolutely. That was Andrew Delgleish, president of the Victorian Principals Association. Thank you.